Welcome in to Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Special co-host Lucy outside the door over there. <laughs> you can hear her barking to start the show. It's always a good, always a good time, man. I, I'm never going to be upset with uh, having the pets in the building. So, you know, it's a, uh, it's fun. It's fun. I'm Chris Yao. He's Maurice Patton, and we are excited for our final live show of the week. <laughs> but don't, don't miss Friday. Because you're, don't stray too far yeah. from this perch at two o'clock. Yeah, because yeah. we are going to bring you our normal uh, rundown, which will have schedules for the weekend on Friday. We'll also have our college football picks, and then we'll have some of our favorite interviews from the last couple of weeks uh, for a a best of ish edition. <laughs> I don't know if it's the best of, but it's the most topical of. <laughs> that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, it's it, it, and and some of it will be the best. Well, I mean, considering all of our stuff is good. Exactly. It's hard. It's hard. You know, it's kind of it's kind of all the best. Exactly. It's the whole thing across the way. So we are excited for today's show. We've got Chase Brooks, who's going to join us. He is the head football coach at East Robertson, and they are getting ready for the first time in school history to play football after Thanksgiving. It's exciting, right? I mean, you can't you can't beat that. And so I'm sure Chase has been making the media around this week uh, with, around Main, Main Street, but we're going to grab him as well. We'll also talk a little baseball because for whatever reason, and maybe it's because this 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 past year I've followed a few more baseball accounts, but it just feels like baseball season never ended. <laughs> Major League Baseball well, it news. It kind of ended for us. But. Well, I'm, but news-wise, like, I, I'm seeing news every day. Like, I'm seeing, you know, obviously we had a lot of managerial openings, which is unusual. We have, you know, the free agent hot stove is insane. So we're going to talk to John Parado of Sports Kita, and that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, long-time um, friend. I guess we began interacting when I was covering the Nashville Sounds when they okay. were the Pittsburgh Pirates triple ah, makes and sense. he was covering the Pirates. And so it was good for him to have somebody on the ground with the top affiliate for the Pirates. And it was good for me to have somebody up top to, you know, just kind of see what the thinking was about different folks and things like that. And so yeah, it, it's we've we've known each other a long time. Well, I'm looking forward to getting his thoughts on, you know, the managerial musical chairs that took place and other such stuff. So should be a good segment. It is, in fact, going to be a good segment. We've got a lot of great stuff to get to. And, and so we will do that. But before we get into the crux of the show, uh, Mo, do you want to do Thursday sponsor today since we won't be on the air tomorrow? I can do that. Let's do that. Okay. And we will give you the results from yesterday and today's schedule on The Rundown. This is The Rundown. Today's Rundown is brought to you by Mockingbird Title and Escrow, an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee that will get your deals closed without worry and fuss. A family business that offers the highest level of expertise in the industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. Consider them part of your team. Call 
888-8698 or visit MockingbirdTitleTN.com today. Girls basketball action yesterday. Baylor down to Brentwood Academy, 48-31. It was Blackman, 62, Beach, 45. Loretto downs Clements of Alabama, 56-53. Coffee County, a 61-26 winner over Oakland. Columbia Central down Summit, 48-38, while Ridgeland was a 50-39 winner against Community. Good Pasture down CPA, 41-37. Eagle Bowl, 53, Cascade, 34. East Robertson, 69-52 over McEwen. Mount Pleasant falls to Forest, 51-47. Franklin downs Riverdale, 77-52. It was Collinwood, 68. I'm sorry, Collinwood, 38. Uh, Giles County, 29. Green Hill, 59. John Overton, 41. Frank Hughes, a 52-35 winner over Hampshire. Creekwood downs Houston, 52-43. Summertown, 53 winner over Huntland. Paul Cone downs Independence, 52-44. Marshall County, a 41-29 winner over Fairview. Cookville, 71. Middle Tennessee Christian, 40. Cheatham County, 57-19 against Montgomery Central. Nolansville, 66. Day, uh, Dixon County, 30. DME Academy, 66-17 against Page. Wesleyan of Georgia, 63. Providence Christian, 20. Ralston, 59. Clarksville Academy, 46. Siegel, 53-43 winners over Ravenwood. Station Camp down Springfield, 39-17. East Hickman down Spring Hill, 53-44. Stewart's Creek, 48. Mount Juliet, 28. Sycamore, 37. Hume, 5, 19. Murfreesboro Central, 51. Tyner Academy, 17. Davidson Academy, a 38-31 winner over University School of Nashville. White House Heritage downs uh, Crosstown White House, 39-34. And Lawrence County, down in the land of the Parates of Winfield, Alabama, 53-23 winners for the Lady Cats. So Winfield is the Pirates, and Rogers is the Pirates, <laughs> and there's pirates. no water anywhere close. No, no, and Winfield is off I-22, like if you're going from Birmingham. Right next to Gwyn, and in the middle is Gwyn, U-Win. It's between UN and Winfield. It's Alabama. <laughs> Boys basketball action from Tuesday. Battleground Academy with a 77-43 win over Tullahoma. Camden Central defeated Dayspring Academy 95-33. It was Cane Ridge 87, East Nashville 78. Blackburn with a 47-46 win over Centennial. Clarksville Northwest defeated Clarksville High School 58-54. Oakland 64, Coffee County 56. Summit with a 63-57 win at Columbia Central. Richland defeated Community 67-35. It was Christ Presbyterian Academy 67. Good Pastures 66. Kirkwood 49. Harper 38. FCA. I don't know. Franklin Christian Academy, I think. 53. Polyoka 52. Donaldson Christian Academy, 57. Merle Hyde, 52. Providence Christian, 82. DeKalb County, 52. Eagleville, 49. Cascade, 41. Ezell Harding with a 71-55 win over Franklin Road Academy. Friendship Christian defeated Liberty Creek, 82-34. Frank Hughes with a 56-24 win over Hampshire. Lawrence County defeated Marion County of Alabama, 64-50. Marshall County with a 57-34 win over Fairview. Zion Christian. 92, Middle Tennessee Christian, 78. Middle Tennessee Christian hit 17 three-pointers in that one, by the way. And 92. 92, yes. Um, 
Green Hill 70, Murfreesboro Central 35, Nolansville 66, Dixon County 43, Page 77, Tennessee Heat 74, Ravenwood with a 63-46 win over Hickman County, Riverdale defeated Kip of Nashville 61-45, Station Camp down Springfield 67-49, it was Mount Juliet Christian 62, M Academy 55, Stewart's Creek with a 76-56 win over Mount Juliet, Summertown defeated Giles County 64-25. It was Sycamore 57, Hume Falls 51, and White House Heritage with a three-point victory over Crosstown rival White House 56-53. In men's basketball action on Tuesday out in Hawaii, Purdue with a 71-67 win over Tennessee, closer to home. North Tennessee State fell to the dreaded Blazers of Alabama, Birmingham, 58-57. And in overtime, Rebecca defeated Shorter, 84-80. Women's basketball action, it was Cumberland, 94. Campbellsville of Harrodsburg, 36. And Union, 109. Trebekah, 86. Hopefully, Number seven in the country, Union, by hopefully, the way. Hopefully Karen won't hold that against us. No, still. I mean, 86 points is great. But, boy, Union just could not miss, apparently. Clearly. Girls basketball action today. Summit down Siegel earlier, 48-37. Later today is Moore County and Summertown over at Cornersville in the championship of that tournament at 6 o'clock. Good Hope and Good Hope of Alabama and Loretto play sometime today. Good Hope is used to be in the area with Good Hope and New Hope, and they were all really bad at football, and they were in Dora's region, uh -oh. and we caught and we said Good Hope, New Hope, and, and no, no Hope. hope. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. They were they were awful, all of them. Uh, boys basketball today. Ryan, Father Ryan and Blackman at one thirty. Summit and Lebanon at one thirty. Beaches at Ravenwood at four thirty. Giles County East Hickman at four thirty. That's in Cornersville, and then the. Championship of that tournament is Lincoln County and Summertown at 7.30. Pine Bluff, Arkansas, and Laverne at 8 o'clock somewhere. Men's basketball action ongoing right now. Um, in a TV timeout. In a TV timeout, it is Kansas 32, Tennessee 28 at the under four, specifically 318 remaining in the first half. At 2 o'clock on ESPN Plus, you can see Sacramento State and Austin P. And at 4 o'clock, Campbellsville Harrodsburg is at UT Southern. In women's basketball, UT Southern is at Fisk right now. That was a 1 o'clock start. At 3 o'clock, Austin P.'s women are at Cleveland State. At 3.30, you can see it on Flow Hoops. Belmont and Stanford are playing. Not sure where. Tomorrow. Out west. Somewhere out Vegas, west. I think. Okay, Actually. wild, wild west. Tomorrow, 6 o'clock on Fox, Tennessee at Indiana. You know, if you're done eating, looking for something to do, there it is. Um, also, Top 25 matchup. And Tennessee lost to Indiana last year at, well, on campus. <laughs> NC State plays Vanderbilt at 9 o'clock. I'm not sure where or if that one can be viewed. It is. And uh, it's in Florida somewhere. Okay. In the association tonight, Memphis is at Houston. That's a seven o'clock tip on Valley Sports Southeast. And on Valley Sports South at eight o'clock, the Flames of Calgary are at Bridgestone Arena taking on the hot Nashville Predators. 
if one win makes you hot. I guess. When you're hot, you're hot. Well, well, I mean, two goals in the final 37 yeah, they, seconds. To they win, are certainly bringing you'd some like momentum. To think, you'd like to think there's some carryover of momentum for that one. So we'll see. That's your rundown. Top stories brought to you as it is each and every day, but most certainly this week by our friends at Piggly Wiggly and Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Go by and see them for all of your Thanksgiving dinner needs. They've got it all. Uh, trust us. Just go over there. If you're missing one or two things today, now's the time. Now is the time, yeah. literally. While we're still here, because otherwise you may catch us. Uh, <laughs> or you can get, of course, uh, Every day, fresh hand-cut meats and, and, and everything else. It just cost plus 10 at the register. So, again, our friends at Mealy's Mill, Piggly Wiggly, make sure to go see the fine folks over there. Top story uh, first before, I guess, uh, they're both kind of lists. But uh, we'll get into the Tennessee Sports Riders Association's Players of the Week at the collegiate level. Yes, in um, football. MTSU quarterback Nick Badiato completed 18 passes for 242 yards, three of those going for scores, also rushed for 92 yards on 15 carries. That passing performance was his ninth 200-yard game of the year, and MTSU won 34-30 against Texas El Paso or UTEP. Defensively, Tennessee Tech linebacker Aaron Swafford racked up five tackles and two interception returns for 52 yards. Each of those picks set up touchdowns for the Golden Eagles in their 35-0 win at Tennessee State to close their season and to close, unfortunately, the career as we uh, coaching career at Tech of Dwayne Alexander. Um, that was Oh, okay, there we go. It was Tech's first shutout since 2013. Wow. And their fourth since 2000. Hmm. So, big performance by the Golden Eagle defense led by Aaron Swafford in that one. Volleyball. Your Tennessee Sports Writers Association Player of the Week is Tusculum outside hitter Emaya Burroughs. Um, led the Pioneers to their first, South, uh, first conference championship in program history. Earned South Atlantic Conference Tournament MVP honors with wins over Anderson and Wingate in the conference tournament semifinals and championships. She averaged... 4.42 kills, 3.17 digs, and 4.79 points per set. So congratulations to Emaya. On the hardwood, Kings Mikhail Pocknett scored 33 points in a 98-94 double overtime loss to Emory and Henry. Also had five rebounds, shot 12-23 from the floor, 9-16 from the free throw line. So... Again, Mikhail Pocknett walked into the locker room after the game and said, I didn't lose. Y'all lost. Y'all lost. <laughs> On the women's side, Fisk senior Maya Buchanan led the Lady Bulldogs to a 63-56 win over Lane College 
with a double-double, 30 points on 12 of 16 shooting from the floor, 6 of 7 from the line, and 15 rebounds for Mrs. McCannon. So congratulations to her and to Kings, Mikhail Pocknett, Tusculum's Emiah Burroughs, MTSU's Nick Vadiato, and Tennessee Tech's Aaron Swafford, the Tennessee Sports Writers Association Player of the Week honorees in men's and women's basketball, volleyball, and football, respectively. All right, we go now to the Mr. Football finalists. Tennessee, the 2023 Tennessee Titans Mr. Football finalists uh, were announced last night, last night with uh, Coach Vrabel and Mike Keith on the show. Mike Vrabel asking if the Blue Cross Bowl rotated when talking about Chattanooga. So interesting. Maybe not now, Coach. <laughs> Maybe not while you're still here. We'll see. Anyway. Shots fired. Hey, I don't know. I'm just saying. Division One Class 1A finalists out of Cornersville High School, my man, <laughs> the founding father himself, Ben Franklin. I'm going to call him that in a, in a story or something. We're covering him in basketball at some point. I'm, I'm going to have to call him that. Uh, Cameron Schlicht of Dresden High School. Reminds me of that. Better you than me. What was the what was the the, the movie Schlitz Malt Liquor from uh, the other uh, with Eddie? Oh, Eddie Griffin. Eddie Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> you telling me you ain't gonna Schlitz Malt Liquor? <laughs> Cameron Schlick of Dresden was it, was High it School. Undercover brother. Yes, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. And then Dawson White of Moore County High School, your Class One A. Ben Franklin, Cameron Schlick, and Dawson White, Class One A finalists. In Class Two A, we're getting ready to talk to one of them's coach here in just a second. East Robertson's Isaiah Groves is a Mr. Football finalist, along with Stone Wallace of Decatur County Riverside and Mount Pleasant's own Darian Mesa. He of the 85 touches, 18 touchdowns. That's, That's a touchdown less than every five touches, by the way. So, yeah. Um, that's a good. That, that that's a fantastic average there. In Class Three A out of Sheffield, it's Radarius Jackson from Covington High School, Skylin Smith, and Alcoa's Brandon Winton Jr. Surprise, Alcoa with a finalist. Go figure, huh? Um, Gabe Borders of Macon County is a Class Four A finalist, and he's probably got a shot because the other two as teammates may very well have split, split the, the votes. votes. Zeon Simpson Smith and Keyshawn Tarleton of Pearl Cone are your other two class A uh, class four A finalists. Are they ranked choice? Like do you vote for like three or do you just vote for one? I don't. Okay. Well that's I mean I, th I feel like that would matter mm -hmm. because if they were one two with each other, mm. one of be. them, uh, who knows? Yeah, exactly. So, class 5A out of page, Eric Hazard, who has had some things to say about the Mr. Football Award <laughs> over the last week. Oh, really? So, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Kelvin Perkins of Southwind High School and Dominic Reed from Centennial. So, for the second time in as many weeks, Hazard is going to see one of his opponents in That's this rough. race because. 
Page just defeated Centennial and Dominic Reed 14-7 last week, and they get Kelvin Perkins and Southwind come into town Friday night. So, um, couple of Wilco kids in Class 6A. Bradley Central's Boo Carter and a couple of Rutherford County kids. Riverdale quarterback Braden Graham and Oakland running back Dwayne Morris. Did I spell his name wrong? No, no, that's that's, that's spell? the correct okay. spelling. I'm not just, sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly, to be honest. Maybe it's just Dane. Dawn or Dawn. I, I don't I don't I'm, good not, question. I'm not entirely sure. But that's that's the way it's been spelled ever since he got here. Division two class A. Monte Baldwin snubbed. Yes. Jalen Mosley of Jackson Christian, Brian Shields of First Assembly Christian, and Tyson Walcott, who should probably be the runaway winner. 52 touchdowns. Out of Friendship Christian with a state record. Most touchdowns in a, in a season. Well, I'd like to think. One would think. 52 touchdowns would be a state record. <laughs> right. Yeah. In Division 2 AA, Marquise Barrett of Knoxville Webb. Cruz Law of Christ Presbyterian Academy, I believe he is committed to North Carolina. And Ty Clark III of Franklin Road Academy, who just here in the last 48 hours committed to Wake Forest. Got to be a demon deacon. Congratulations to him and um, good luck here. Speaking of demon deacons, stick around after the next segment. Mm -hmm. There's, it's going to be fun. Uh, Division two class trip. No, no, wait. Just <laughs> Division two class AAA. Caleb Beasley of Lipscomb Academy, Carson Gentle of Macaulay, and Amari Jefferson from Baylor, and the tri the AAA finalists. And in your kicker of the year category, your finalists are Grant Chadwick from Tullahoma, Daniel Echeverria from Mount Juliet, and Owen Taylor from Knoxville Halls. Those are your Mr. Football finalists. Congratulations to the O's young men and looking forward. And to forward. all the semifinalists as well, man. I mean, yeah. it, it's a great feat just to be one of the top five. It's an even greater feat, obviously, to be one of the top three. And the winners will be announced at a December 5th luncheon at Nissan Stadium following the Blue Cross Bowl state championships down in Chattanooga that begin a week from tomorrow. So. Now we'll take that break. When we come back, we've got Chase Brooks of East Robertson joining us to talk a little bit about his football team playing a little Turkey Day football. So stick around. We'll be right back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. 
We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney owned and operated full service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Street Sports today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint coming to you live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia. Glad to have you guys with us as we continue our Thanksgiving week duties for the next hour and 33 minutes. But who's counting? Not me at all. What are you talking about? Looking forward to this next segment because if you're still playing football this time of year, it means you've got a chance to find your way to Chattanooga within a week. And this next team is on a bit of a crusade after drubbing Smith County last week in the quarterfinals that in that rematch between the two teams. East Robertson now with a chance with a win to go to the Blue Cross Bowl. And we have their football coach with us. Chase Brooks joining us. Coach, welcome in. Thank y'all for having me. Thank you for joining us, Coach, and thank you also. We have a picture of you promoing your appearance um, with with a flat bill, and I am glad that that is not the case for your live appearance here because I was getting ready to wear you out, man. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the baseball coaches hooked me up when I first got there with that flat bill hat. So that's 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 what Chris. That's that's what like, Chris said. So he so yeah okay that that's um yeah that's a much better look, man. Hey, congratulations to you guys again in the semifinals for the first time in program history. Um, not satisfied, but at the same time, a great feat. 
no doubt. You know, we're uh, fortunate enough to come here last year and, uh, you know, had a great group of seniors that kind of got everything rolling. Uh, we had some underclassmen that kind of learned from the seniors. And so, you know, we just feel like we got this thing going in the right direction. Uh, we try to create a constant uh, atmosphere of competition, uh, you know, no quit mindset, you know, finish everything we do uh, to the best of your ability. And, you know, it's really called on. Uh, like I told the last couple of teams, you know, that before I felt like, you know, these teams that were here, uh, you know, winning the games, hoping they can win or, you know, thinking they might be able to win. Uh, but now, you know, we're trying to install, install and give these guys the attitude that, you know, we're supposed to win every time we step on the field that, you know, you're, you're expected to win and supposed to win these games. And, you know, that's, that's, I guess it's a new mindset at East Robertson because anybody that's familiar with that school, with that athletic program, baseball, boys basketball, I mean, talent has never been an issue. And cross points. No, you know, there's some unbelievable teams. You know, the basketball teams have won state going back several, several years, uh, in the 70s and 80s, 90s. Uh, and again, recently, just a couple of years ago, boys baseball just won a state championship just a couple of years ago. Uh, our girls basketball team is, you know, playing phenomenally right now. They got some really young uh, talent. Uh, and then, you know, we've had a great run so far here in football. Yeah, you know, it, it's some, sometimes it seems like success at a school, especially a small school, breeds success in other things. One, because a lot of times you have athletes who are playing multiple sports and, and, and kind of learn how to win, even if it's not in one sport, they learn how to win in another sport, and that carries over. How much of that have you seen, you know, even across boys and girls sports, how much of that has had an impact on this particular team? Man, it's huge. You know, we got, you know, eight or nine kids are playing from the baseball team. We got eight or 10 to play on the basketball team. And, you know, you've had success in other sports and you know how it's supposed to be done. And, yeah, you know, the attitude that it takes and the work, you know, the work ethic and, and the work habits that you need to, to be successful. Uh, you know, it's finally paying off for these guys as they carried it over to football finally. So, uh, you know, it's huge, you know, having great coaches and, and other great support, you know, around our athletic department that we can bounce ideas off of and, you know, ask questions. Coach Wicks, our baseball coach, he, Coaches on the football team, uh, you know, he's a tremendous help. And, you know, I'm just constantly, you know, picking his brain about this, that, the other. So uh, it's huge across all sports. Chase Brooks, a second-year football coach at East Robertson, joining us here on Coach's Corner on Main Street, Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Um, coach, Looking at your schedule and your results, it looks as though offense is where y'all hang your hats. A um, couple of 40-point games here in the postseason and a bunch of those during the regular season. I like about 69 nothing win in week two against um, Houston County. I mean, um, they say defense wins championships, but you guys are breaking scoreboards all over the place. You know, coming into the season, it was probably our biggest weakness was our offense side of the football. We graduated about eight starters from last year's football team. Defensively, we had nine of 11 returning starters. And so defense has done well. You know, defense has given up around 11 or a little less than 11 points a game. Uh, so defense is, was thinking, yeah, it was going to be a backbone of our team and, you know, really depending on those guys to, to get us the football and things like that. I think our defense has averaged about three turnovers a game. Uh, so because of that and special teams, you know, offense has just been rolling. Uh, you know, we got a tremendous back, you know, that's just uh, yesterday got uh, put as one of the finals for the Mr. Football. And Isaiah Groves has rushed for over 2,700 yards, almost 2,800 yards. Uh, his brother Elijah plays in 
you know, plays the outside receiver. He's 6'5", 215. Uh, so it's pretty easy target to get the football to. Uh, you know, we got multiple other backs. We got another senior, and Emmanuel uh, Alacron. Uh, you know, we got a, a great fullback in Caleb McNeil. We got another great uh, slot receiver in, in Kay Brooks. And uh, so we're just kind of spreading the ball around. Coach Alexander does a great job of, you know, coming up with a game plan to get these guys the ball in space each and every week. And uh, it's kind of fun to watch. You know, you got these, you know, type athletes, you know, especially at a 2A level. You know, it makes it makes the games really interesting and uh, really brings the crowds out. That's what I was just getting ready to say, Coach. Six five two fifteen on the outside in Class Two A, yes, and that's going to be a matchup problem pretty much at any level, but particularly at your level. Yes, sir. And we got a quarterback in Casey Young, uh, freshman. Uh, you know, now he's played fourteen or going on to his fourteenth game. Uh, so you know, he's playing more like a sophomore. Kid's a dual threat kid, can run it, can throw it. Uh, it's going to have a very bright future. You know, he started as an eighth grader. Uh, on the state runner-up baseball team this past year. I have, you know, two uh, uncle and a cousin that played at Vanderbilt. Uh, you know, so he's going to be somebody you need to look out for in the future. Uh, just getting better each and every week. But well, we certainly will. My question, Coach, is are you getting any work out of Alvin Fight? <laughs> oh, Coach Fight, man. He, uh, full of energy. The, the players love him. Uh, you know, there's no, never a dull moment in practice. He's always bringing the energy and uh, you know, bringing that intensity that our defense needs. You know, he, he does our defense, the defense coordinator. Uh, you know, just fun to be around. You know, being Coach Fight, we've known each other since we, in high school. Uh, we both went to football the same year. We got to play an all-star game together, and uh, we hung out a lot, uh, you know, that, that senior year. So uh, it's just been fun to bring him back around and uh, get him around our guys. And, you know, like I said, he's a ball of energy, and uh, he brings everybody up. Has he come out in pads yet? <laughs> oh, no. Not after the, the Ravenwood incident. I, I got to keep him calm over there when we're doing run stuff. <laughs> I got you. Um, Chris was mentioning your win over at Smith County last week, 49-20, after um, they handed you all your only loss of the season. That that wasn't a motivator this time around, was it? <laughs> oh, you know, uh, you know, the film never lies. You know, that's what's great for us. We got to watch that film. You know, we had several turnovers, you know, four turnovers, two turnover on downs about 150 yards and penalties. And so, you know, film was a great tool this past week, just showing these guys of, you know, the mistakes they made and how to correct them and what we needed to do to move the football. Uh, and then on top of that, just, you know, showing that score over and over and over again, you know, kind of how that game ended, you know, being on television, how disrespectful, you know, that is to lose, you know, like a my TV 30 game where everybody's watching and we didn't play our best game. So no doubt, you know, our guys got motivated and uh, come off the bus Friday night ready to play. You didn't put that score up on the scoreboard during practice the oh, last yeah. week, did you? No doubt. He just got tired of seeing it. <laughs> That's awesome. East Robertson coach Chase Brooks joining us here on Coach's Corner. Um, York Institute has quite the resume. No doubt. And you Sorry. You, you talk about film. When you look at them on film, what, what are you seeing? You know, a football team of uh, runners and hitters, you know, uh, it reminds me of, you know, some of the Portland teams that, you know, I had the uh, luxury of playing for back in the day of, you know, just the hard-nosed kids that, you know, love the game and uh, have no quit in them. You know, they're going 100 miles an hour all over the field. They're going to put a hat on you, several hats on you every single play. And uh, offensively, you know, a lot of misdirection. They're single wing, double wing. Uh, the quarterback's kind of a do-it-all uh, type player. Uh, you know, it's been a nightmare to kind of, you know, try to simulate that stuff in practice this week of, 
you know, hiding the ball and, you know, doing some of that single wing stuff. And so, you know, just trying to keep our guys disciplined and make sure we're reading who we're supposed to be reading and, you know, trying to get as many hats to the ball uh, as we can. Yeah, they got a pair of 1,000-yard rushers, including quarterback uh, Matt Lafue. So this seems – this is always a, a difficult thing to prepare for, it feels like, especially when a team has multiple ball carriers who can give them something. So, I mean, how do you prepare for, for this? And, and, you know, make sure you teach the kids you've got to stay home. There is no pursuit. You've, you've got to do your job. And sometimes you're going to have to just watch somebody else make a play. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's <laughs> the thing we've been preaching on this week is, you know, staying at home, especially when the ball goes away, uh, because, you know, he can run halfway across the field, reverse field, you know, and go 60, 70, 80 yards to the house. Uh, also can reverse field, throw it back across the field and throw a, you know, 70, 80 yard touchdown. Uh, so it's been difficult this week, you know, trying to train our guys, you know, believe what you see, you know, trust your eyes, you know, trust your keys, what they're telling you. Uh, and then rally to the football, you know, try to limit the big play, uh, you know, force them to snap it again, uh, you know, and, you know, hopefully we can make something happen. It's going to be a, it's going to be a great football game. This, uh, again, York Institute beat Smith County earlier in the year, eight to seven. So they've clearly got a pretty good defense or did, was it? Yeah. Friendship. No, it was friendship. It was friendship. Eight, eight, and that's right. But they've clearly got a great defense. So your offense is going to have, you know, have its hands full, but obviously have found their way. Uh, here late in the season. So I, I'm looking forward to, again, at this time of year, every game is a great football game, I feel like. And so being able to play after Thanksgiving and, and, and prepare during Thanksgiving, it's a little different for your kids, but I know they're enjoying it. Yes, sir. Had a, a team meal today after our practice, had one of those big Thanksgiving meals, turkeys and uh, all kinds of dressings. You know, community came in and, you know, really supported us and uh, cooked us some, some great home cooking uh, so hopefully we get too full and we still kind of run on Friday, I hope. <laughs> now, will y'all do anything tomorrow, Coach? I, I'm always kind of fascinated by how coaches handle, you know, the actual holiday. Will y'all get together at all? Yes, sir. We'll, we, we'll do a, a script day where we kind of go through, you know, every phrase of the game and offense, defense, game plans. Uh, I'll be out there about an hour, hour and a half, you know, just kind of, you know, rehearsing and going over everything to make sure we're focused and ready to go. We'll do it really early in the morning so we don't affect hopefully any – uh, noon or afternoon plans, uh, you know, for, for their family gatherings. Yep, it's always a weird time of year, but you're always happy to be playing in it. Coach Chase Brooks with East Robertson joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Uh, Coach, we, we certainly appreciate you taking some time with us. Look forward to uh, catching your game on Friday night, and good luck. Yes, sir. Thank you all. We appreciate everything you all do for high school athletics. Thank you, sir. Good luck tonight. All right. Mo? Chris? Talk about some of our local standouts. Mm -hmm. We've got a couple awards, a little hardware to hand out, which is always a good time. We'll start with the End to Win Life Team of the Week. Presented by our friends at CustomStoneHandlers.com. Give them a call, 931-490-4990 for all your rock needs. The rock man will get you set up. The rock man, absolutely. <laughs> um, and I don't know if he gives you a discount for saying Roll Tide or not. But um, If you do, you it, never know. It, it might put you in the right direction. Mm. Yeah. Um, our Custom Stone Handlers Into Win Life Team of the Week this week is... The Kalioka 
Warriors, Blue Devils, depending on what the Warrior Devils. Is. The, the Warrior Devils. That's what I've always. That's what I've been calling them. <laughs> the Warrior Devils. They opened their season with a pair of victories last week, defeating Zion Christian on the road, 80, uh, 68-63, and winning at home against Forest, 68-59. So, congrats to Mike veteran Lynch. coach Mike yeah. Lovett and the Kalioka Boys basketball team. Our Custom Stone Handlers into Win Life Team of the Week. And our Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Athlete of the Week from our other, or one of the other non-football playing schools here in Murray County. Yeah. Um, if you're not familiar with this name, it's shame <laughs> on you. Get there. You will be. Um, Santa Fe Junior Alden Slaughter. <laughs> Announced his presence with authority, scoring 41 points in the Wildcats opener at Fairview. Man, and uh, Fairview was not prepared for what Alden Slaughter was bringing. Man, goodness gracious! And now that he's what around six foot six one, it's it, it's scary. Yeah, yeah, I'm because telling. now when he gets to the rim, he's not necessarily pulling up. Doesn't have to doesn't have to stop and hit that fadeaway. No, he might be looking to take somebody's arm with him to the rim. So uh, um, put you on a poster. Yeah, coming soon to a gym near you. Alden Slaughter averaged thirty-two and a half points in a pair of Santa Fe victories last week. Also a double double because he had fourteen and a half rebounds and five assists in those two victories. So congratulations to Alden Slaughter, our Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Athlete of the week, and I'm betting this won't be the last. Probably not. We're going to take a break when we come back. Talk a little bit about last night's Tennessee Purdue game, but may just want to forget it. Tennessee and Kansas playing right now, playing a really good basketball game, but also college football playoff reactions. And let's we'll, we'll get into a little bit about Jim Mora and. What's the coach of Wake Forest's name? Dave Clawson? Mm -hmm. Dave Clawson. They had some things to say over. About each other? No, oh, no. Okay. About college sports. Oh. And it's interesting. So mm -hmm. stick around. Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. We'll be back in just a moment. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones & Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. 
Zion Christian Academy. ZionEagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's ZionEagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back into Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Maurice Patton here with you on this Wednesday edition. It's a, the, the, the title card says Wild and Wacky Wednesday, but it's it's really a preps Wednesday. It's kind of a mashup. Yeah, we're not gonna, really. I, I don't even know if we're going to have time to get to Wild and Wacky stories. Hopefully we will, because it's always a fun way to end the, the week. But we do have high school football picks to get to and all mm. kinds of other stuff. So Ooh. we're going to try to cram it all in today and right now we're going to talk a little bit about last night Tennessee and Purdue combined for 78 free throws last night in a 71-67 win for the you know, I did not see that game but I was at a game last night where there were 44 fouls called it was yeah pretty close to that uh it's a little ridiculous you can't get into a flow it makes it darn near unwatchable and and it wasn't like people they were trying to play between whistles. Yeah, I mean it wasn't like the that Tennessee got you know screwed or anything. They were just as bad on both sides. Now I will say this: it was established early in the game that the three-second violation does not exist, despite the fact that Purdue has a kid that's four inches taller than anybody on Tennessee's team, and he was allowed to stay there. Anytime he wanted for however long he needed. And I have a problem with that. I mean, he doesn't need any help. He's 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 got all the advantage he needs. He doesn't need any more. <laughs> but fact is Tennessee didn't win because they didn't shoot well. Well, but here's the thing. Uh, Tennessee didn't win because they didn't shoot well. It's November. Uh, the question becomes does Purdue get that same treatment everywhere else? Do they get that same treatment when they get into Big Ten play? Does Edie get that same treatment in Big Ten play? Because, I mean, it, it's been pretty well documented that if there's an opportunity for Tennessee to come up short on the officiating end, it typically happens. Well, Particularly and, against Purdue. And- there's no question there. I mean, look, I just, listen, I, there were 30 fouls called against Tennessee, 21 on on Purdue. And almost, I, I want to say, Purdue had, had 18 fouls in the first six minutes of the second half, and that was it. It was like they were trying to... 18 fouls in the first six minutes? Yeah. 
And no more in the last 14 minutes of the half? No, they had they, they got to the double bonus, but okay. but it was it was as if they were trying to get them out ahead and and then Tennessee catching up. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it was kind of when interesting it to like watch. That. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean Tennessee just, you know, they didn't they didn't shoot the ball particularly well. Forced a lot of turnovers, 16 turnovers. You know, did everything on the defensive side that they typically do. And offense didn't didn't match him. I mean, Vescovy was 0 for 3 from the floor. Uh, was 8 of 10 from the line. But, you know, if he's not hitting from the floor, you're not going to win a whole lot of basketball games right. because he's your best shooter. That's the bottom line. And so, yes, Tennessee typically gets the the, the the bad end of officiating, and, and it probably happened last night. If if there was a scale, it probably tipped a little bit in the favor of Purdue, but, I mean, it it, it didn't cost Tennessee the basketball mm-hmm. game. I also think that there was a – Hunter Dickinson taking on Edie, mm-hmm. you know, one versus two. Mm. All of that was on the line until Marquette whipped Kansas. Well, I mean, and so, so you feel like they were trying to take, take care of that one team that as if you, I really, I mean, I hate to say that about officials because when I go into a basketball game, I don't care. I call what I see. I see what I call, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But you see it at the professional level with sports betting. And all of the things that go into it, that that's not a thing at the high school and youth levels that I've ever had to deal with. I don't think they go into it thinking that, but I think throughout the game, it sort of seeps in that, you know, hey, because how many officials are there? Right. So, I mean, you might get that championship game. (laughs) And do you want to call Marquette and Purdue or do you want to call Tennessee or Tennessee and Marquette? Or do you want to call Kansas Kansas and Purdue? Right. And so, I don't know. That's just what's crazy about this tournament, as wild as it is, Tennessee now leads with 1438, 46 44 is the score. That Tennessee, Kansas, and who else is in it? Syracuse and Marquette. So there are three teams that could leave this tournament without a Q1 win. Because Tennessee's win was over Syracuse, who is number 108 in Ken Wow. Wouldn't have expected that. I wouldn't have either. Yeah. So, anyway, I mean, if they if they lose to Kansas, they will leave Maui without a Q1 win. If Kansas loses to Tennessee, they will leave without a Q1 win because they played Chaminade to open. Ouch. That's so, tough. Isn't it, though? Um, other topic of discussion last night, my prediction came true. Washington did jump Florida State. Boo Corrigan says, Jordan Travis's injury played zero part. And if you believe that, I've got a phone number here for you to call. I've got some land to sell in Arizona 
right up next to the ocean. I don't, I don't believe that is what I'm telling you. I understand that you don't believe that. <laughs> I mean, it, it's hard to believe. But, I mean, if it didn't, then great. I think that I think that's the best thing you can say. Oh, without question. Is that now their quarterback situation had no bearing. Yeah. But again, it doesn't matter, right? It, it, it shouldn't matter because Oregon, I mean, Ohio State and Ohio, Ohio State and Michigan, one of them is, is losing. So whoever five is, is still in position. Absolutely. The number five team is in position. As long as nothing so, else happens. So long as the unthinkable doesn't happen mm -hmm. and Oregon beats Washington and, and Alabama beats Alabama Georgia. beats Georgia. Texas wins the Big 12, and then you've got a situation because keeping the SEC champion out is almost impossible, but Texas beat them. So then what do you do? How do you put both of them in over, you know, undefeated ACC champ Florida State? Yeah, I don't think you can. So then you're just – it's just a, it's a big mess. It's a nightmare, despite what anyone else might tell you. Mm -hmm. Nightmare. Nightmare. Uh, but Mayor. Florida State is in position. If they go undefeated, I, again, Louisville's 10th in the country. They're number 10 in the country. Now, watch Kentucky go out and beat them, as they have done a couple of times in this series with Louisville ranked. Well, and, and to compound that, watch Kentucky go out and beat Louisville, and then watch, South. And then watch Louisville beat Florida State. Well, I think, I think Louisville losing to Kentucky and then Florida, I think it would really hurt Florida State's chances in the event that Alabama were to win. If Louisville's ranked 10th going into the ACC title game, Florida blows them out, Florida State blows them out, then, you know, you you probably are fine with putting Florida State in at like three or whatever and dropping out Washington if they lose or moving Washington up and moving Florida State in or whatever it takes, mm -hmm. right? But if Louisville loses and Florida State still wins, it's a lot harder to make the argument that even at 13-0 with that record, I mean, Washington's got the number one strength of record in the country. Oregon with a win over them avenges their only loss at a neutral site, and just it, it just creates chaos. And, and I'm here for it. There we go. <laughs> I'm 100% here for it. Uh, it other... Topics in the college football world, Mo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Coach Mora up at UConn. Now, please understand that after his mm. BS comments about the University of Tennessee and that whole situation, uh, I have very little use. No, very, very little. Very little uh, use for him. For, for Jim Mora Jr. But he said something that I absolutely 100% agree with yesterday in his press conference when he basically told UConn supporters and football fans that if they were unwilling to participate in NIL collectives and, and, and helping the football team compete at the same level as the Liberties and even JMUs, that 
if you want us to beat North Carolina, if you want us to beat these teams that we're playing, but you're not willing to pony up the cash to get the players capable of beating them, then shut up. You don't have the right to talk. If you you're not play. going to help us get the players to beat them, then you're not entitled to grab letter words starting with B. Right. When we don't <laughs> beat them, starting with B. Yeah. yeah. Yes. A, a synonym of gripe. Yes. Yes. <laughs> when when they don't move. So there you go. So and then compound that with Dave Clawson's comments <laughs> about these do kind of nicely dovetail, don't they? They really do because it, it it does show a lot about you know the state of college football and how how it's currently sitting. Um, Notre Dame Senior Day video for former Demon Deacon Sam Hartman. Uh, Dave Clawson says, you only dated him for a couple of months. It can't be love. We're the ones that love him. We had five years with him. You rented him for a season. Here's a guy we recruited. We developed. You know, they're putting a video on him saying we will always love you. When that video is played, it's just like, holy cow, this is where college football is. And that's. Where they the crux it. of it. This is where college football is. You're gonna you're gonna see this again. You know, maybe not Dave Cross and maybe not Wake Forest, but you're gonna see something similar. I mean, well, it, go back to as far as Russell Wilson, North Carolina State to Wisconsin. I mean, Jalen Hurts, which is a little different. Obviously, graduate. Both of these are graduates. I mean, Sam Hartman graduated. Mm -hmm. He transferred to a school where he felt like he could compete for a national championship. I'm not mad at Sam Hartman. I'm just saying that that's that's where college football is, mm -hmm. and it's a little it, it's it's a little rough when when you're the one getting jilted. And, well, and and you have to watch someone else say how much you love a guy that you created, basically. Mm -hmm. It's tough, but this is, this where, is where college, college football, football is. is. <laughs> so you got to live with it. And the Wake Forest of the world, the Yukons of the world, you only have two options. Pony up or shut up. That's it. Those are your options. And I don't even know really if Pony the Wake Forest yeah. and the Yukons and the folks of that ilk can really pony up to the point that they would need to for it not to be an issue. Absolutely. They don't have they don't have the same. You know, they, they don't have Tennessee NIL ability. They just don't. They're not going to. They don't have Florida State. Florida State, by the way, just announced the Seminole streaming network which is probably going to end up being a, a revenue generator for NIL. Oh, without question. So. Well, it's going to be a revenue generator, period. Yeah. But some of that, a lot of that is going to find its way to NIL. So we'll see how that all plays out. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Terry McCormick. As your daily Titans report, stick around. Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bond and Joint, is back after this.
Welcome to the 2023 Magical Holiday Home Tour, coming for one day only. Immerse yourself in the spirit of the season as you explore stunning displays, twinkling lights, and charming decorations. The general admission tour of area luxury homes including historic Rosemont and a special tinsel tour of the original Fairview Plantation Mansion. Come and experience the warmth of the holidays by touring spectacular luxury homes. It's an event you won't want to miss. Time now for the Daily Titans Report from Titan Insider Terry McCormick. Back again at the facility, we see. Yes, a little bit uh, later practices this week. So uh, I'm out here at the facility and uh, practice just wrapped up a little bit ago. Will Levis was able to go through practice today. So after being out yesterday and getting the day off to rest that foot, toe, whatever it may be, uh, he's back and uh, ready to go for Sunday, it looks like. Didn't know there was a foot-toe issue. Well, he was getting, if you watch the TV the TV broadcast on uh, Sunday, at, right at the end of the first quarter, right after he had scrambled kind of awkwardly for that first down on about a four-yard gain, uh, he, went up, he went to the sideline at the end of the quarter and got that ankle taped, that, I believe it was his left ankle taped just a little bit, and so I'm assuming that that's what the issue was. Interesting. They have turf down there? No, they don't. No, they got grass. So, yeah. Don't blame the field. No, this is not a field issue, you wouldn't think. Or, or maybe it is. Who knows? I mean, it, it depends on what day it is. There you go. Um, by the way, mm -hmm. there may be yet more changes on the offensive line. How about that? Great. Well, at least the good thing is our opponent will be starting two uh, backup guards against Jeffrey Simmons and Terry Tart. There you go. I and, mean, a rookie, and a rookie quarterback. And a rookie quarterback. And a rookie quarterback. That kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it, guys? Yeah, it does. <laughs> starting backups and having a rookie quarterback. Oh, man. But I don't think Jeffrey Simmons and Terry Tart are on the other side of uh, the Titans line this week. No, no, probably not. So that may be a good sign for the Titans here that they've, uh, you know, got somebody that's on their level. And so I tell you, uh, the, the the new look for the Titans offensive line, it's probably going to be Dylan Radens moving back to right tackle after he was the left tackle last week with Chris Hubbard now out for the year. And then it looks like that rookie Jalen Duncan, who came off the bench and filled in at right tackle after Hubbard went out last week, could get the call at left tackle. So we'll flip-flop there from the way the game ended on Sunday. Okay. Duncan at left, Braden's at right. Skaronski yeah. at guard. Skaronski and who at guard. Now, call me crazy, but here's the thing. this Jalen Duncan has, you know, coming out, the scouting report on him was that he had the athleticism to be a decent NFL left tackle, but that his game really needs refining and he needs to show that, you know, he has the want to, to finish plays the way that they have to be finished in the NFL, the way blocks have to be finished. So if, and this is a huge, huge if, if this kid shows you something, then all of a sudden 
the Titans are sitting in great shape because then you've got a left tackle and a quarterback, both on a rookie contract, that might be able to help you in the future. How about that? If you hey, look, look at the glass half full. That's right, glass. Right. You, any anytime the glass can that's be half full, full as it relates to the Titans, it's a good thing. That would be a three quarter full, just about. But yeah, it'd be, be if, if if Duncan and Levis are both big hits and on rookie contracts, and you've got a hundred million dollars in cap space, then that's the glass running over. <laughs> no there you doubt. go, Terry. Appreciate you. Tell us about our friends at Zen Sports. All right. First off, happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Yes, you too. Thanks. You too, man. Don't eat too much tomorrow. You're right. I'll try not. But let's talk about Zen Sports. Our partner Zen Sports is excited to launch their new introductory promotion available to all new customers in Tennessee, the No Danger First Wager. When you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to $1,000 No Danger First Wager. When you place your first bet on Zen Sports, you will be reimbursed for the amount of the bet if your bet loses up to $1,000. Plus, Zen Sports has launched a new VIP program for the premier bettors of Tennessee. If you think you might qualify, then listen up. Zen Sports is hosting a VIP tailgate and game experience on December 3rd from 9 a.m. to noon when the Colts play, come to visit the Titans. That means food catered by a renowned chef, unlimited booze, and a private room for bet placing and mingling with fellow VIPs. The VIP program is by invite only, so if you feel that your Zen Sports Play qualifies for VIP consideration, please check out the program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sports book will offer you a premier betting sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and bigger and better action than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call one 800 889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. It's time for Christmas for Kids November 20th at the Ryman Auditorium. This year's lineup includes Shenandoah, Phil Vassar, Chapel Hart, Michaela Lane and Hunter Girl for over 40 years Christmas for Kids has given the joy of Christmas to thousands of Middle Tennessee children. Christmas for Kids would like to thank their great sponsors. Tickets are on sale now. Visit Ryman.com to get your tickets. We will see you November 20th at the Ryman. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, coming to you live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia, Tennessee, just south of Nashville, reaching all the main streets across Middle Tennessee on Main Street Media Television. Of course, you can download it on your Roku, Apple TV, or Fire Stick, as well as your Android or iPhone devices. Make sure to pick us up, Main Street Media 
TV. Mo, again, as we said earlier, baseball season has, for some reason, Continued. not felt like it ever ended. <laughs> and so... There just aren't any games. Well, yeah, no, no games being played here in the United States. There are plenty of folks playing abroad. <laughs> That's a good point. But... But yeah, it's a it, it's been a crazy, exciting off season to this point. I know Braves fans are on pins and needles waiting for Alex Anthopoulos' next move and for the next person to donate one percent to the Atlanta Braves Foundation. <laughs> so <laughs> we look forward to that. Those those news drops and press releases of course but it's happening all all across the country and all across major league baseball and so uh, you reached out and found us a fantastic guest i reached out i reached back yeah um john parado of sports kita has covered major league baseball on some level for for someone for 40 something years i think um and he's joining us here on main street sports today um John, as I was explaining to Chris earlier, you and I crossed paths when the Nashville Sounds were the AAA affiliate of the Pittsburgh Pirates, and you were covering the Pirates, I was covering the Sounds, and it was always good for for each of us to kind of be able to, you know, check in and see what was going on. So, um, welcome to the show. Appreciate you taking some time with us here. My pleasure to be with you guys. Really enjoy. Uh, I'm, I'm honored to be asked, Mo, and it's and it's good to see you. we have indeed been friends for a long, long time. And yeah, um, wanted to pick your brains, uh, John. The managerial merry-go-round finally stopped yesterday with Mike Schilt getting the gig at San Diego. Um. What did you think about the positions that were open and, and the folks that were named to to fill those positions here in this offseason? Well, I think the biggest surprise certainly was Craig Council uh, leaving Milwaukee to go to the Cubs, uh, or kind of arch rivals, only about 85, 90 miles apart. And Brewer fans certainly weren't real thrilled that somebody who was a Milwaukee native, no less, left the Brewers to go to the Cubs. So that kind of set some dominoes in motion. And, and Pat Murphy, uh, the uh, Brewers bench coach and longtime college coach at uh, Notre Dame and Arizona State, you know, he got moved up to manager. And I think that makes a lot of sense. The Brewers have had a lot of success lately. Pat Murphy's been council's right-hand man. So it made all the sense in the world to stay in-house instead of going and bringing in a manager from the outside. Uh, you know, I, I know one uh, managerial hire that a lot of people in baseball are really happy for was the Angels bringing Juan Washington in as their manager. Ron, of course, had been the third base coach in Atlanta the last five, six, seven years. And, you know, until this year, the only time the Rangers had ever been to the World Series is when Ron Washington was the manager. And, uh, you know, his tenure ended a little badly in Texas. And I, I think people always were, were hoping because he's a very popular figure in baseball that he would get another chance to manage. And, you know, he's 71 now, and a lot of people probably thought, well, he probably isn't going to get this chance at this stage of his life. But he did, and and I know that's uh, going to be a really good hire for the Angels. And you look at some other ones, San Diego hiring Mike Schilt. That makes a lot of sense. He was National League Manager of the Year in 19 at St. Louis. So, uh, And the Astros also, Dusty Baker retiring and Joe Espada 
much like the Brewers did. The Astros promoted Joe Espada from bench coach, and that makes a lot of sense because you didn't need an overhaul in Houston either, so it's good to have continuity. But there were a lot of moves and a lot of interesting ones, but certainly the, the top of the list was uh, the Brewers-Cubs situation. I would agree with you from the standpoint that no one really realized that the Cubs had an opening until they had an opening. Yeah. But um, I don't know, think David Ross knew either. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's 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 interesting. And yeah. and um, I think it's not the first time in Chicago that they that they've done it quite like that, is it? No, they did the same thing to Rick Renteria when Joe Madden became a, a free agent, so to speak, when his contract with the Rays ran out in two th after the 2014 season and the Cubs uh, signed Madden and, and called Rick Renteria and said, oh, by the way, you're not our manager anymore. But Rick had only been there one year and I'm, I'm not saying he, he didn't get treated fairly, but this is really surprising with David Ross. I mean, he played in Chicago. He was an extremely popular figure as the backup catcher on that 2016 World Series winner. He'd been the manager for four years. There was no indication that they weren't happy with the job he had done. They won the division a couple of years ago. They contended this year. And I, I know they stumbled down the stretch and missed the playoffs, but they probably had a better record than most people thought they were going to have. And I'm sure it had to blindside him because, like I said, there was no inkling that he was on the hot seat. Then all of a sudden, another manager comes free and he's out of the job. That's a tough one. I, I mean, that really, from our vantage point, seemed a little odd. You talk about Wash getting the Angels job, and you see Chris's cap. Yep. Um, we're, we are, I, I think I root for the Braves more than I root for any other team in any sport. So, yeah, it was definitely mixed emotions in this room because, as you mentioned, I think everybody's happy to see Wash in a manager's office again. Um, I'm just not sure. And and what what I said on the show, I know why the Angels wanted Ron Washington. I'm not sure why Ron Washington wanted the Angels. I guess the only thing is there are only 30 managerial positions in Major League Baseball, and one of them is the Angels. But I just don't know what his chances are of being successful there. I don't either because they've had, uh, I mean, they had Joe Madden there, and we know what Joe did in, in Tampa Bay and Chicago, yet he couldn't win in Anaheim. Brad Osmus, a very well-thought-of uh, baseball person, he only got one year, to, and he, uh, he wasn't able to win there. Uh, it's a tough spot, and I have to believe, and this is without knowing for sure, is Wash probably thought, you know, I'm 71 years old. I don't know if any more opportunities are going to come through. He almost got the Padres job four years ago, and the, and the Padres hired Jace Tingler instead. And, and we'll see how that worked. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, real well. I mean, obviously, Wash would have been, uh, you know, Ron would have been much better in that situation than Jace Tingler. But, you know, I, I think it's just a situation where, he knew that he was getting long in the tooth and there probably weren't going to be other opportunities. And I'll say this, the positive way that he is and the way that he runs a clubhouse and, and just the, the great teacher that he is beyond a manager, I think he'll do pretty well in Anaheim. I think 
they'll win more games than you expect them to win. Now, I'm not saying they're going to go to the World Series or they're going to do that, but I guarantee you they'll be a more respectable club with, with Ron Washington as manager. Well, I, I, I certainly hope you're right because I wish him every success as long as it's not the Angels and the Braves in the World Series. But, um, well, I mean, I would love for them to get to the World Series, but he's going to have to lose. Them. He's got to lose if <laughs> that's that the point. case. I mean, nothing, <laughs> it's nothing personal. It's just strictly business. business in that, at that point. <laughs> but, you know, um, you know, they're, they're not going to resign Otani. Mike Trout is more likely to be elsewhere, it sounds like, than, than to be with the Angels in 2024. I, there just doesn't seem like a talent base there for success. I mean, I think he's going to do well with whatever he has to work with. I'm just not sure what he's going to have to work with. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Trout. Uh, you know, I kind of get mixed signals. Some people, I was at the general manager's meetings two weeks ago in, in Phoenix, and some uh, some baseball people think for sure that Mike Trout's going to get traded. Other baseball people think, no, Artie Moreno is not going to pull the trigger on, on a Trout trade. I'll be curious to see. I mean, Perry Manassian's the general manager, but it's very clear that the ownership has a lot of influence in the roster decisions there, probably more than most other teams in the major leagues. So I, I think if I'm Perry, Manass Perry Manassian, I want to tear the thing down and start over. They haven't had a winning season in eight or nine years, but I'm not so sure the owner wants to do that, especially in a big market like Los Angeles. I know they're technically in Orange County, but they're in the greater Los Angeles media market. So it's going to be, they're going to be a fascinating team. And there is a small faction of people in baseball that think because he is comfortable there and he has been able to basically make his own schedule and call his own shots that Otani might go back to Anaheim because of the comfort level. I saw a graphic a couple of days ago listing the last 10 American League most valuable players, and five of them have played for the Angels, Trout and Otani. And when you take that talent and you look at what the results have been with that talent. I mean, you have to trade Trout, don't you? You have to tear this thing all the way down. I, I think at some point you have to rebuild there. I mean, you just have to, you, you know, they're, they're caught in between. They, they have veteran players who aren't as good as they used to be, and they don't have many really intriguing young players. Now, they have a few that they've called up in the last year or two, but they don't have that those prospects that you go, wow, they're like top 10 prospects in baseball. They're guys that for sure will be building blocks if you're going to rebuild your team. And I think the fastest way to get those kind of players is to trade Mike Trout. But I will also say this, Mike Trout has been so, he's missed so many games the last few years that you may not get a bigger return on Mike Trout as some people might think. You know, it's it's interesting because obviously we would love for Wash to have success, but is there a better, more equipped manager in Major League Baseball to take a young team and build them for the next guy? Basically, well, he's a great 
yeah, he's a, he's a great teacher for one thing. Now, Grant, is, he's a tremendous infield teacher, and uh, all, all of his uh, proteges that have won gold gloves over the years speaks for itself. And, you know, Wash is the kind of guy that he he creates a good clubhouse atmosphere. His guys want to play for him. They're loose. They're relaxed. And I think when you bring kids up from the minor leagues, the last thing you want to do is put them in a tense clubhouse and mm-hmm. in a bad situation. And I think Ron has a has a very good way about him to put people at ease. And I think I, I would say this: if they're going to, into a full on rebuild, and Perry Manassian would not tip his hand at the general manager's meetings. If they are, I would imagine they would have told Ron that and he is on board with it because I can't believe they would hire him and then say, oh, by the way, we're trading all your veteran players. So <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see uh, what, what happens here. But but I do think that whatever they do, whether they decide, hey, we're going to load up and, and try to contend this year, or if they decide to take a step back, I think he's the type of manager who will be good in either situation. Staying in, we mentioned them just moments ago, but staying in Southern California, the Padres are apparently cutting salary. What does that mean for one, the club? And and does do they look desperate? And are other teams like sharks in the water right now looking to fleece the Padres? Well, I, th- I think it certainly cuts cuts out some of their bargaining power for sure, Chris. I mean, you know, it's clear that they had to they had to take a fifty million dollar loan just to make payroll at the end of the season. Uh, yeah, I think especially Juan Soto is the first guy that comes to mind that's somebody you would trade. He's in, going into last year before he can become a free agent. And there's a lot of teams that want him. And I guess if your Padres' best hope is so many teams want him that you get the, the bid against each other. But like you said, again, yeah, they realize the Padres have to trade some people. And when other teams know you have to trade them, you're not going to get as much for them uh, if you're in, in more, as if you were in more of a position of power. Yeah, I think that's 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 where the, the Padres are kind of in a, a precarious situation. I wonder if that's why it took them so long to find a manager. You know, because they – who wants to go into a situation <laughs> – where, where, where you don't know who you're missing. You, you don't know who you're going to have. And, oh, by the way, all of the best players we have got to okay. go. So just like the Angels. Yeah. And 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 before I, I get done with things, I, what the heck is going on in Seattle? Uh, nobody can ever figure that out. They trade players so fast that it's hard to even keep track of who's on their roster sometimes. You know, I mean, they came close. They made the playoffs last year. They came close the year before. They came close this year. To me, they're a contending team, a team that's ready to win a division. But now they basically give you all Eugenio Suarez away. And, uh, you know, it just happened here an hour or two ago, and I haven't been able to talk to anybody about exactly what's going on out there. But I know this catches me by surprise and probably a lot of people in baseball. I don't know if it's a move to free up salary to make a big free agent splash somewhere or that they're uh, taking a step back. I would assume as close as they've been and having so many good players in their prime that this is clearing some salary to make a move for, for some somebody on the free agent market. To that point, 
what was your reaction to the Braves bloodletting right before the non-tender deadline last week? They, I think they've got 30 guys on the 40 man at this point and cleared off a lot of salary as well as roster space. I, I mean, I don't think Otani counts as 10 players, maybe two, <laughs> but you know, what, what do you feel like the plan is out of there? And, and, I'll preface that, all that by saying that nobody ever hears about what Alex Anthopoulos is really doing until it's done. But that said, what what feel do you get? Yeah, you're right. Alex is very leak proof. He, the, the Braves front office keeps a very, very tight circle and nothing gets out of that front office. Uh, Damn it. I don't I, <laughs> it's yeah, very frustrating. Tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't. As great as Otani is, I like the Braves lineup so much that if I were going to spend big time money, I, I would probably try to go get a top of the line starting pitcher. And, you know, I mean, their lack of pitching depth and they had guys hurt. I mean, it showed in the playoffs. They, they basically ran out of pitching in the second round and lost to the Phillies. But he's obviously doing something. Like you said, they, they have 10 40 man spots. I mean, he cleared out half his arbitration players almost in one trade with uh, with the White Sox for a pretty good lefty reliever who didn't have a good year this year, but has a track record of being pretty good. I mean, obviously, we saw he spent some of that money on Renato, Renato Lopez yesterday, but I got to believe there's bigger fish to fry than just Lopez. And, you know, again, they're very quiet and nobody really knows what they're doing. It would seem that Yoshinobu Yamamoto, the, the star pitcher from Japan, would be somebody I think they would be interested in. You know, there's other pitchers. Well, Aaron, Aaron, I heard Aaron Nola was one guy that they were interested in, but the Phillies re-signed him. I mean, Blake Snell's out there, Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, you know, there's pitchers out there, but a lot of times the Braves, as you guys well know, is being in the South, they moved the move that nobody saw coming, and so that's why I think it's going to be fascinating here in the next couple of weeks to see what Alex Anthopoulos is doing with all that money. I know one thing, he isn't going to pocket it. They're going to spend to try to win. They may not spend at a level of a few other teams, but they're, they're, they're not going to say, hey, we're going to save this money for another year because they're in the prime of so many of their players. That I'm, I'm sure they got something up their sleeve, and I'm, I'm as curious as you guys to see what it is. It's going to be it's going to be interesting again, as we said, to to see which press release and whose name is next to donating one percent to the Atlanta Braves Foundation. <laughs> I do enjoy that in all their contracts. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's nice to be charitable, it, it, it and and it think of the tax breaks they probably get in Georgia for that. Absolutely, <laughs> so absolutely. It's a, it's a it's a big deal. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to to this off season. Obviously, Nashville is home to the winter meetings coming up here in what a week and a half roughly yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah it's gonna it's, it's gonna be you know a big deal here in middle tennessee soon but obviously winter meetings are the a, a time to 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 get some some news but especially since the gm meetings got canceled out of nowhere so they, these yeah you didn't get crazy. sick out there did you no i did not <laughs> fortunately I uh I didn't eat there at that luxury resort because I couldn't afford twenty four dollars for a glass of water. So, well, well, so I went to In and Out Burger instead. And and stayed healthy. There you go. <laughs> are, are you are 
Are you coming to Nashville? Yes, I am. I'll be there a week and a half. I look forward to it. Will you be there? Uh, we are We're working on it. We're efforting. <laughs> We're efforting. We will so. keep you posted. Absolutely. John Parado of Sports Kita joining us here on Main Street Sports hey, today. Tell us about Sports Kita, man. This is this is something okay. that we don't know a whole lot about. Okay. Well, it's it's a company, uh, it's a website that's very popular. It's it's based in India, very popular in India and that part of Asia covering cricket and other sports they've decided here in the last couple of years to branch into american sports and they've hired uh mark medina formerly of usa today to be their nba writer tony pauline that used to be at bleacher report as their nfl writer and hired me here recently in the last six weeks to be the mlb writer so it's uh, it's still relatively new in the united states but it's a it's an interesting website they uh well, they want to do things they want to grow and uh it's it's worth uh, checking out to see what people think super clean very easy to navigate and read if you are looking for sports news so yeah fantastic well glad to hear it and the checks are clearing mm -hmm. right as far as i know the direct deposits are direct depositing and as long as that math is math and that's all that's we care it. about that's <laughs> right that's right in all cases secure the bag absolutely <laughs> um Again, John Parado, Major League Baseball writer for SportsKeda.com, joining us here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. John, we hope to run across you at the Opryland. Be sure and bring the breadcrumbs. Absolutely. Seriously, Mo, it's always one of the highlights of my winter meetings in Nashville is to catch up with you and, and get a chance to see you. We'll see what we can do, and regardless, we'll talk soon. Appreciate your time, man. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me. All right. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, high school football picks. We've got eight mid-state games and two from outside. So we'll go from Bristol to Memphis this time, Mo. From Memphis to Mountain City. All the way. Yeah. So stick Let's around. Go. We'll be back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's, it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. 
With Lee Company technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Hey, welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Maurice Patton, time now to take a look at high school picks. But, Mo, before we do that, I do want to mention that Tennessee fell to number one for now. Kansas, probably not going to be number one no, next week. I wouldn't week. think they will be number one come Monday. Whoever wins come the Monday, next game. it won't be all right. No, not for, for Kansas. Kansas. No, yeah. but, uh, yeah, whoever wins – the next game out in Maui will likely be the number one team in the country. Most likely. And then the other one could be number two. <laughs> that's nice. It, it absolutely would. So, but I'll tell you what, that's been a heck of a tournament. Heck of a tournament. Tennessee, you know, again, had, had a, a bit of a dry spell, went four and a half minutes without scoring a bucket and went from uh, down 53, I'm sorry, down 55-53 to down 65-55 within that, that time span. And that was – Pretty well it for the Vols. But if they can get that worked out, man, and I know that's a, that, that's just a hallmark of Rick Barnes' teams, that, that cold spell, but this just feels like a different team. And I feel like they're going to get that worked out before the end of the year. And if they do, come March, watch out. No question. All right. Blaine is still yet to make his picks, by the way. He still just has Greenville. <laughs> That's it. So anyway, eight games from across the mid-state, or that include mid-state teams. I'm sorry. Let's go. put it that way. Yes. <clears throat> eight games including mid-state teams, and then we'll pick two others. We'll start with out of Memphis. Shelby, Memphis City School, Memphis Shelby County School System, however they call it now. Mm -hmm. Southwind comes to Arno Road. See if they can find it as they <laughs> visit the Page Patriots tomorrow. I tell you what, it sounds to me as if that Page Centennial game last Friday night was everything it was cracked up to be. Everything. 14-7 final. Um, it was 7-7 until, what, midway through the fourth quarter? Unfortunately, CCCHS couldn't finish it off. But, I mean, I don't think there's any shame in losing to that page bunch. Um, they suffered two of their three losses. 
two page. And I feel like. And the other was done to feed you Brentwood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like Paige is getting ready to go down a road that it's been down before. 24. I like the Patriots in this one. Paige's defense is as good a high school defense as we've seen in a long time, I think. And I think they're going to show that defense on Friday night. But unfortunately, I don't think the offense is going to get it done. Southwind, that win over Henry County really impressed me. So, you have to be impressed by a team that beats Henry County. On the road. So you go to Henry County and you win, it, 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 it's a – it's a it's a motivating factor. It's a lot of momentum, and I think they bring it with them. I'm going to go with Southwind, and I don't even know what their mascot is. The Jaguars. If I Meanwhile, why is there a stink bug crawling on my internet cord? Buddy, What's up with me and bugs? I, I had a ladybug on my drink. It was probably it ago. was probably my ladybug. It was the one, yeah, that was crawling on your laptop. So I don't know what's up. Now it's not on your internet cord. Now it's on your computer. Yes, yes, but I'm not touching it. No. Nope. I'm yes. not killing it. It is what it is. Yeah, so I mean, I guess it's his computer. It's his computer now. Yeah. <laughs> we know, we're it, burning it, the it, studio down. It belongs to the streets. Now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. How about what has now become appointment football? Over the last what five years? Is it is it five years now that they've played one another? Who does Giles County and Alcoa and Alcoa? Ooh, mm. be in in Alcoa. Yeah, this year and <clears throat> well, I'm not. We went down to Pulaski for that one last year. And yeah, I'm not sure that this is an appointment that Giles County necessarily enjoys because they've seen this movie before and they know how it ends. Yeah, this is just the third year. Is that all? Yes. Felt like a Feels lot like more. more. Felt like a lot more. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this is their third semi semifinal appearance in a row. Third time playing Alcoa, second time over there. This is a tough way for, you know, in Giles County, if they went, West instead of East would probably have a couple of state title appearances. I mean, I know East Nashville is really good, but I feel like they would, you know, you feel like they'd have a better shot against East Nashville than they have had against Alcoa. Now, I mean, you also feel like the outcome doesn't necessarily change when they do meet them, but at least it's in the state finals <laughs> and not in the semifinals. Right. And you don't have to go there, which is not easy to get to. I've been there. And not much more than once you do get there. It's the ride back that gets you. Yeah. Uh, they've not lost since a 34-28 loss uh, at Hardin County. Uh, in, the, in week two, they fell 35-34 to Page in that mm -hmm. opening week overtime matchup mm -hmm. and have reeled off some pretty impressive wins, including a road trip to Meigs County last week, 35-14. I don't think that's going to matter, though. I'm, I'm afraid it's not. I mean, um, Alcoa, regardless of the coach, but is a well-oiled machine. Now, they did lose to a relatively run-of-the-mill Marable team in Week 10. But, but they, they also drubbed 
5A semifinalist West. Well, I don't know that I would call 24-7 a drubbing, but, but I will it was, say it, this. It was 24-0. West scored late. <laughs> Garbage time. I mean, they shut them down, basically, which is impressive. I think what gets my attention more, though, is that since that loss to Maribel, they have held opponents to 26 total points, four opponents to 26 total points, and have scored whatever 78 plus 98 is. There you go, 76, 176. Mm-hmm. So divide that. Uh, so there's 44 points. They've outscored opponents 44 to 7, basically, yeah. since that loss. Yeah, I mean. Three and, of those being playoff. And, and a lot of folks thought Gatlinburg-Pittman might be the second best team in the state. And well, if that's the case, if Gatlinburg Pittman was the second best team in the state, then Alcoa is 24 points better. And that's the problem. Mm -hmm. So, so you give me the tornadoes. Once again, if you're a 3A coach, call me. I have an idea. <laughs> what is that? Bumping up to four? Yeah. Everybody go to four. That way, Alcoa is either by themselves or they have to make the decision. One of the two. <laughs> Oakland with Mr. Football finalist Dwayne Morris. Morris. I almost said Haskins, and I know that's no, obviously that's, not no, true. No. Um, and Mr. Football finalist Boo Carter, Tennessee commit Boo Carter over at Bradley Central. They've not lost. First time since 2013, Mo, that it will not be Oakland Maribel in the semifinals. That is a long time. Well, it took a special team to break that run up, and I feel like Bradley Central qualifies. Absolutely. Oh. This is as good of a team as Oakland has, has faced this year. And you know what's crazy is for the longest, Bradley Central – wasn't regarded as the top football team in its county with the history that Cleveland has. But, you know, they've certainly put things together this year. They've, they've, it's a very talented bunch and they've taken full advantage of it. But, you know, to me, and we've said, to be before, the man, you got to beat the man. Uh, you got to show me you're better than Oakland. Oakland, this will be the third consecutive region winner they have played in the playoffs. They defeated Mount Juliet 24 to 2, Riverdale 56 nothing. They've given up Oakland five points. Five points in the playoffs. Five. Which is Wait almost like what, giving up what was, 11. What was the score last week? 56 nothing. Zero. Zip zilch not us. So when did they give up the other three points then? Gallatin. They beat Gallatin 38 oh, 3. That's right. And so they've given up. Five points in three games. In three games. So that's, that's less than two points a game. I think they're going to give up some points this week. I think they're going to give up some points. I think they're going to score more than they give up. I'm taking the Patriots. I just can't do it. I think Bradley Central, I think Boo Carter is, is the best player in the state of, uh, of Tennessee. I think he's the best player, and I think they got a great football team. And it's going to be tough to stop. As, as a Tennessee fan, you hope he's the best player. I, by God, I hope he is. <laughs> now, 
other things associated with Boo Carter are not always perfect, but that being said, give me Bradley Central. All right, let's see. That is game three. We'll go to game four. Houston at Brentwood. This may be one of the better games of the of, of the week. You know, I just don't necessarily know what to expect out of Memphis from one year to the next. This is this is the hard thing because they, they swept the Williamson County region last year. And you kind of look at it and you go, okay, well, you know, how good are they? We mm-hmm. do how do we don't really know because right. they kind of stay over there. <laughs> they just play each other. And I don't know, I mean, South Panola out of Mississippi was the the Oakland Marable Hoover of Mississippi, of Mississippi for so long. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's necessarily the case anymore. And they did beat them in week two, 28-26. South Panola won that game, I'm sorry. Um, but honestly, I, I just don't know. I don't have a clue. It's definitely, and that's kind of what you get to when you get to this juncture of the season. Um, you're not nece- you don't necessarily have that familiarity with with everybody. Um, but Houston has won what ten straight after those back to back losses at South Panola and to Germantown. Mm-hmm. They avenged that loss to Germantown last week. <laughs> in a big way. Yeah. Yeah. After losing 14-13 at home in week three, they won 30-10 to at Germantown. Um, they spiked Dixon County pretty good to open their playoff run, 47 nothing. Part of a sweep of Region 7, 6A that included um, previously unbeaten Clarksville. Losing to number four seed, Carville. Carville. I was going to say, I think it was Carville, but I don't remember. Right. So, um, you know, they, they've got a little street cred. And, you know, as we mentioned when we were talking to Chase Brooks of East Robertson, you look through these scores, they are probably the class of Memphis. I mean, they didn't score fewer than 24 points over the course of this winning streak that they're on right now. That's right. And they were upwards of 40 in more than half. of them. They're good, but I'm going to take Brentwood because they have Clayton Merrill and you don't. I'm going to take Brentwood because I think the Bruin defense probably hasn't gotten the attention that it deserves over the course of this season. I'll agree with that. They're very good up front. Very good up front. Surprise, surprise, Clint Finch has the a good offensive and defensive line. Yeah. <laughs> One, two, three. That's four. Four, five, six. Six times they have held opponents to a touchdown or less. It's a good day. So... Yeah, I'm going with the Bruins. All right, last last pick of this set here. We're going to go outside of the Middle Tennessee area, and we're going to go Knoxville West 
hosting Walker Valley. Walker Valley comes into this one with uh, wins over Campbell County, Lenore City, and Clinton to get to top seed out of District to Region 2, 5A Knoxville West. Um, I have to consult something real quick. Gonna, I don't Knoxville to. West's only loss is to Alcoa. Yeah, we talked about that a That's second it. ago. Yeah. <laughs> That's that'd be, be everybody else pretty good. They they also have given up five points in the playoffs. They gave them all five all five to Powell. To Powell, thirty one five. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So five is five is the new eleven. Yeah, five is the new eleven this this time around. That's funny. Um, so Mostradamus. Did you pick this one? Which will hit the street. I picked everybody. Okay, I picked everybody in the state because everybody. We didn't have anybody, but um. Mostradamus has the Rebels over the Mustangs. Well, I will agree with the Turban prognosticator and go with the homestanding Knoxville West Rebels. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we've got five more games to pick quickly. So stick around. Main Street Sports Zen is back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtvj.net. All right, 
We'll go through these last five quickly here. East Nashville hosting Dyersburg. And East Nashville looking for its third consecutive trip to Chattanooga. First under first year head coach Damian Harris. Yep, yep. And I like them to do that. I'm with you, man. I think, you know, Dyersburg has been kind of close but no cigar over the last several years. I'll be interested to see if Jamal Stewart makes it over to East Friday night. I, I bet or down you down to chat should they get there. I, I bet you'll find him somewhere nearby. Yeah. Dyersburg undefeated coming into this one. Uh, but I just don't think they've. And they and Covington have pretty well established themselves. Excuse me, I believe as the the top two teams in class 3a out of west tennessee i yeah. think dyersburg defeated covington in the they quarters did 25 last 24. Week, so upperman at greenville which you can see on upper cumberland reporter facebook page and on nfhs and NF, right? on nfhs that's correct yeah it's gonna be a tough one man i Here's the thing. Greenville has been so good. But they've not been as good the last two or three years as they were maybe the five years before that. Well, they were, you know, they were 12 and one two years ago, 12 and one last year. But of course, they won the state championship in 17 and 18 back to back years under Kane Ballard. Mm -hmm. That being said, they've, you know, not gotten to this point yet because Anderson County had put them out previously yeah the ones were anderson county in the quarters so. and so we'll see what happens um i think the bees have a shot but it's at greenville so i'm going with the devils that's a fair pick because it is at greenville but i think the bees sting the, the green devils mo i don't think that your your score prediction is quite accurate i mean 31 to 2 could be good but i don't think that's what you meant no you want me to change that for you what what what, what, what do you want the score to be 31 to one, what 31 to 24. all right Goodness. i don't think two was what you meant no i mean i know fives and elevens have been have been prominent but we've seen two at least once so, but i don't think upperman's gonna think go over upperman's that score. good i don't think they're yeah, yeah, uh, yeah exactly. So, well, wait a minute. I've got Upperman winning, right? You do. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Haywood at Pearl Cone. This one right here was one of the best games of the semifinals last year. Pearl Cone had to hold on late with a uh, fourth down stop deep in the red zone. And so this one should be good. Again, I've got Pearl Cone here getting back to Chattanooga. Same. I think this Pearl Cone team, led by its two Mr. Football finalists, got a chance to be special it's already been special i think they got a chance to top it off with another state title for the firebirds and tony brunetti well the firebirds and green devils would be a great for a matchup east robertson at york institute we talked with uh, coach brooks earlier and it'll be at york on friday i was a little stunned by the ease with which East Robertson handled Smith County in Carthage last week. 
And Weren't we all? I am a convert. Give me the Indians. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I can I, I, look, I will not be surprised if East Robertson wins this game. Their offense is really, really good. But boy, this defense is just fantastic. They've given up no more than 17 points on the season. That was against Bledsoe County in week three. Since then, 0 7, 0 7, 7 7, 12, 7 7, 13. I just don't know who they played. Well, I can understand that. You know, Friendship Christian, we feel like is pretty good. But outside of that, who knows? I right. mean, Onada, Stone Memorial, Polk County, Eagleton. Again, Onada, Hampton. Hampton's really good. Mm -hmm. We thought Hampton had a shot at one, you know, earlier. So there's your stink bug. Um, but yeah, give me York Institute all at home. All right. Final game, barely at Decatur County Riverside. I knew you were gonna. I knew you knew I was gonna make you pick this one. Mm -hmm. Good thing you've already picked it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fairly at Decatur County Riverside. This is going to be a great football game. No, it's not. You think Decatur County romps? Decatur County is on a mission, apparently. Yes, they are. And I mean, you look at what they've done to this point in in the playoffs. The numbers that they put up, starting with that fifty to six win or fifty to eight win over Mount Pleasant in Week One. And they've got a Mr. Football finalist in the quarterback, Stone Wallace. Um, they beat a really good Huntington team last week. Really good. On the road. A team that, that beat them earlier in the year. Yeah. It was their only loss. Mm -hmm. um, no, it wasn't their only well, loss. Well, in region. I yeah, know. in region play. They lost, well, they lost the season opener to Collier. 6A Collier. Yeah. So. Biggest school in the state, Collier. Yeah, so. No, give me give me the Panthers in this one. Yeah, I got Decatur County Riverside as well. I don't think it's going to be much of a I, – I really don't think it's going to be much of a football game. Matter of fact, my buddy, uh, who who is one of Fairley's rivals, he went where he went to school, was talking about the, the folks playing in the cow pasture might get a chance to sit at the big kid table, and I said, no, Fairley's fixing to get run out of town, and they are. So give me Decatur County Riverside. Come back on Friday. We'll have the rundown. We'll have a top story. We'll have college football picks and have a happy Thanksgiving for Main Street Sports today.